RecruitersLiveLounge.com, episode 11. EasyPay provide funding, payroll, and back office services to support the recruitment industry. Go to EasyPayServices.co.uk forward slash RecLiveLounge. RecruitersLiveLounge.com, where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Hey everyone, welcome to Recruiters Live Lounge and uh, this is the place where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspirational recruitment business leaders on the planet. And today's guest in the Live Lounge is Tony Goodwin. And Tony is the CEO, the group CEO and chairman of Antal International. Um, Let me tell you a bit about Tony. I think it was back in 1993 Um, Tony spotted the potential of the recruitment industry or the employment markets in the former Warsaw Pact countries and in 1993 launched the company Antel. Now I didn't know this but apparently Antel is Hungarian for Anthony. So, you know, it's like, what a great name for a recruitment company. I mean, I didn't know that before before today. Um, now, since then, you know, Tony Goodwin and Antan International have gone on to some phenomenal things. One of the largest recruitment businesses worldwide, both franchise and wholly owned and joint venture partnerships. Um, Tony is one of those really inspirational recruitment leaders. And I'm so, so pleased to have him on as a guest. Tony, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Roy. Wow, what an introduction. I hope I managed to live up to that. I know you will, Tony. I know you will. So, look, Tony, you know, aside from what I've said to people, tell us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you guys do at Antal International. Okay, I mean, let's go back to the beginning, Roy, because, um, you know, Antal was formed just after a recession. So from an entrepreneurial point of view, and I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur actually before a recruiter. You know, I was a good recruiter when I was a consultant on the desk level, but I wasn't the best. But what was really inspiring for me was the idea of being able to set up my own business in recruitment. And, and so, you know, when I saw what was happening in Central and Eastern Europe in the early 90s, I said to my then boss, uh, Graham Palfrey-Smith and uh, Lawrence Smith at Harrison Willis, I said, you know, we should open offices abroad. And uh, there was actually, this was 1989, and their response to that was to send me to Bristol, uh, the Bristol (laughs) South (laughs) office for Harrison Willis. So thanks for that, Graham and Lawrence. Um, But, uh, you know, that didn't dampen my ardour in terms of, uh, of wanting to do this international work. So I was doing a lot of um, international audit work at the time. Sure. Uh, and I realised that the, the, the then EEC, European Economic Community, was re- relaxing the um, working restrictions for, for employment conditions for European members. Right. And I thought this is going to lead to an explosion of um, professionals going abroad to further their careers and coming here to further their careers, Germans, French, Hungarian, well not Hungarians at the time, Germans, French, Italians, Spanish. And you know what, Roy? I was completely wrong. <laughs> it didn't happen. Tony, you've never happen. been wrong. It didn't happen in the way that I thought it was going to happen. Okay. But what happened instead, we went into a recession in 1992, <laughs> And then the, the wall came down in 1989. You know, remember those pictures 
on CNN, I think it was new at the time, of people bashing at the wall and standing on the wall, waving uh, German flags of German unification. Monumentous time. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, I had no idea what personal impact it would have on my life. Because three years later, I saw this evolving market. And the truth of the matter is, Roy, I was sick and tired of coming up against Michael Page and Hayes and Estre and all the usual suspects in our industry. And I thought, do you know what I'll do? I will go to somewhere they're not. So I was reading from 91, 92 in the FT, all this activity, you know, Coca-Cola were buying a plant in Poznan and redeveloping it. Mars, Master Foods were were opening, uh, investing $420 million in Stupino in southwest Moscow. I right. thought, going to need people. And that's where my, my, you know, you talk about a eureka moment. That was my eureka moment. I thought, it evolved over a period of six months or so. And I thought, let's focus, let's specialize in that area. You know, everyone sure. talks about specialization today in terms of discipline or sector specialization. Sure. And I decided to specialise geographically, and I thought that was that is what would set Antal apart. Hence sure. the name I chose, because uh, Hungary, Budapest, was the first ex-communist country I visited. Right. So Beautiful you know, country. it's the name Antal. Beautiful country as well. Tony, oh, <laughs> listen, thank you for that, um, Tony. I I really want to get us into this um, into the first group of questions. Are you ready to get going? Let's go. Okay, listen, the first thing I wanted to ask you is, what's your favorite success quote and how do you live that quote each and every day? Um, That's easy for me. I saw this actually in the first three months of setting up Antal International. It was in whole page in the Financial Times. And it's a quote, I believe, by Abraham Lincoln, which runs, things may come to those that wait, but only the things left by those that hustle <laughs> and please let's make a distinction here between hustle and hassle yeah you know let's not hassle people but my firm belief is it doesn't matter how talented you are yeah. how intelligent you are how uh, good at what you do you are if you've got if you haven't got the motivation to make it happen that for me is hustling that for me is making things happen and you know and I say this to my children now that that it's not all about talent it's not all about knowledge it's not all about experience it's about the motivation to put all that into practice and that is what I believe hustling is it's making things happen and that's what I do still today 22 years on with Antal International. In fact, it's my belief that the recruitment industry itself is, is constantly evolving. Yeah. And the reason, and we have a, a whole host, particularly in Europe, of very talented people in our business, in our profession, in our industry. Sure. One of the things that sets them apart is their ability to hustle, to make things happen, to innovate, to, to use their initiative. Use you know initiative in our is what our business is all about. Yeah. Using your initiative to get things to move to happen, to get people to make decisions, to to influence and persuade, and and for me that is the recruitment and that that's the industry that's the profession that I love. 
Tommy, thank you. That's a great, um, you know, great success quote and a great philosophy, I think, for the way that you run your businesses. Um, now, Tony, look, we know at Recruiters Live Lounge that, you know, you're successful, you run a very successful business, but we also know that behind every success, there's been adversity. You know, people like you have faced adversity and it's the way that you've got past that. Can you talk to us about a specific time that that's, you know, that, that adversity or that challenge has been there for you and how you've got past it? Yeah, there's been two major, I mean, there's been lots of ups and downs. Sure. And, and what I say to people is actually, uh, it's not how you manage success, how you handle success that defines you, but what defines you is how you handle the difficult times when they come, because yeah. undoubtedly they will come. Sure. And business and being an entrepreneur in the recruitment industry is not for the faint hearted, because you will come across adversity. My biggest challenge was in 2001, right. the dot-com bubble bursting, and the technology recession, really, that ensued. It was never called that, but there was a depression almost on the west coast of America. Yes. And um, we were, at the time, something like 55 to 60% of our revenues came from the technology sector. Oh. You know, we'd emulated a lot of what Harvey Nash were doing at the time, and right. tech partners, and all those great technology uh, recruitment firms and so consequently I'll give you an example IBM was one of our biggest uh, key accounts right we build IBM something like 1.23 million in 2000 how much do you think we build them in 2001 not much seven thousand dollars <laughs> oh my god so you know that's what you've got to deal with and we went down at the, at the, t the time in 2001-2002 we had 22 company-owned offices around uh, Central and Eastern Europe and Europe, and we had to take that down to 12 offices. We had to get rid of 10 offices, and that was one of the most difficult periods of my life. We had 423 staff at the time. We went down to around 170. Wow. And do you know, Roy, I should really have cut deeper than I did at the right. time. Even then, it, it, you know, and that was so challenging. I bet. And, and you need... You need staying power, sure. you need perseverance, uh, and you need guts to go through that and, and take the slings and arrows that do come your way as a result. Sure. And believe you me, it was, it was an emotional roller coaster, but you get through it, and when you get through it, it does you better. You know, I said, people said to me, well, how did, how did you get through it? And I said, well, you know, it's like actually running across the Atlantic, and you get halfway across the Atlantic, and you hit a storm, and all your food and you know a lot of your water goes. You get enough water to keep going to keep right. you. Alive. So what do you do? Row back or row forward? Keep going. You might as well keep going. Yeah. And, and you know, to a fair degree, a lot of people experience these things in their lives, whether it's you know illness, serious illness, or, or business uh, potential failure. Sure. And I'd much rather have faced potential, potential business failure, let me tell you, than some of my friends who've faced worse things on the health side. Yeah. So from that point of view, um, you know, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to have actually been able to get through, to face it and get through it. And for that, I'm grateful. Do you know what, Tony, there's a big takeaway there for me that um, it, it's that gratitude that, you know, in business and in life, it's like things do come up to challenge us, some of them massive and huge. 
Um, but it is that, that, that ability to be able to say, you know what, this could be the biggest thing that's affecting me right now, but look at all the other things that I could be grateful for. And I, I, I really take that from what you've just said there. So thank you, you know, for that. No, and, and just to extend that slightly, you know, it is a bit of a cliche to say that, but, but it's so true yeah. that in that adversity comes some great ideas. Yeah. Now, I remember when everyone was writing off America in 2008 when Obama got elected. Sure. You know, who wanted that job? Now look at them. You know, and when people have their backs against the wall, often that's when they're the most inspired and the most innovative and the most resourceful. And, and certainly from an entrepreneurial point of view, that's what I feel. I think that's uh, I think that's a really really good point. You're right that you know when the chips are down, it probably we, we end up bringing our A game, right? So uh, you can get the best out of people and ourselves by um, just in the face of adversity. I, I think so. Tony, um, talk to us about that that moment that you know the eureka moment, the light bulb moment for you of when you reach the stage with Antal, where all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, you know what? It's clicked for me. I know exactly what we're doing and how we're doing it, and it just started to go easier for you. Describe that moment for us. Um, I don't think it's ever been easy, actually. <laughs> okay. I think the interesting thing about being an entrepreneur is that the reason you're an entrepreneur is you don't need a boss. Yes. The reason you don't need a boss is because you will push yourself harder than anybody else. Right. And, I mean, let's take Jose Mourinho, for example, manager of Chelsea. I'm a Chelsea fan. Okay. Not everyone's uh, cup of tea. I appreciate that. But I believe Jose Mourinho pushes himself and has higher standards for himself than anyone else could possibly have for him. That's true. I think that's true of many entrepreneurs, and that's why they're entrepreneurs. Yeah. So, uh, to come back to answer your question, is that even when I'm being successful, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, that isn't good enough that isn't enough and you climb up the mountain you get to the summit and you realize actually you've just got to a summit of the bottom of a smaller mountain of a sorry of a larger mountain so yeah. you climb one mountain and you're at the bottom of another one and of course you know on the one hand that can be exhausting uh, and on the other hand it's very stimulating and exhilarating because you think well actually and life's like that it just keeps throwing more and more challenges at you so so I've never felt even post the Russia deal you know we did a we did the largest recruitment deal in Central and Eastern Europe in 2008 when we sold our Russian business um, can we ask to, how much that was for Tony um, I, I, I uh, I'm not allowed to say okay. but tens of millions and um, it's a big deal it was a big deal it still is the biggest deal in Central and Eastern right. Europe and uh, uh, you know the business went on to, to do great things obviously it's like like oil recruitment business right now it's struggling yeah but but uh, but it will come back it always will come back but when we sold seven years after we sold it it was still performing extremely well but the the, the point about um doing those deals is that afterwards you want to carry on to do other things yeah. so then we carried on building the rest of the business and then we did a deal in Poland in October 2013 uh, another very successful deal and we've done a deal in China where we've sold um, or, or I've sold because I'm the principal shareholder in Antal I've sold 51% uh, to Career International who are going to float their business and we're going to be part of that Chinese flotation Fantastic. in 2016 which is really exciting and so I'm very lucky actually Roy because I have I've been able to build a business which is always 
interesting and fascinating and challenging. Sure. And, and I've got the rewards that have come from that, but also I've done it in a market which has seen the biggest socio-economic demographic changes that we'll probably ever see. Yeah. You know, Chinese have brought 350 million people out of poverty in the last 20 years. Amazing. India's doing the same thing. The Middle East and parts of Africa where we have franchised operations, the same thing. And it's worth, worth actually probably mentioning right now that we do have a hybrid model. So right now I own uh, about 10 of the offices of the 130 odd and the rest are franchised Brilliant. and some are joint ventures. We've got joint ventures in Dubai and other places. So we hold, we, we run the whole gamut of, of from employee, valued employee through to joint venture partner through to franchisee. So if any of your, um, your listeners uh, and viewers are interested in um, joining us as a, as a already existing recruiter as our franchise network sure. and being part sure. of one world's biggest physical privately held recruitment platforms then we'd be interested or indeed just doing a joint venture with us because you know I think we're innovative in that way you know Antal Antal is uh, is very good at looking at where how we can partner with people mm. for mutual benefit there's got to be that mutuality yeah you know we both got a benefit unlike some other people I might mention in, in the industry but I won't you know we, we do believe in this mutuality of you win, I win, we're all successful together. And so, so we have the, the, the company owned, the joint ventures and the franchise network. Fantastic. Okay. Tony, um, t- tell me, what do you do to drive the standards of recruitment in your own business and you know, maybe for the wider industry? What do you do to drive those standards personally? Well, I'm looking right now quite, in quite a lot of detail at the various recruitment packages on offer, right? Because um, you know, with the advent of LinkedIn, which I believe is a tool, not a threat, yeah. By the way, and the increasing number of recruitment process outsourced companies, and the success of AMS, Oka House, which I think now is Silo, and others, yeah, uh, and internal recruitment teams, I think that we are being challenged as an industry, as a profession, to come up with more and more uses of technology and social media to make the client more effective in their hiring and and i don't believe for one second any of this is going to disintermediate us because we're very good at reinventing ourselves and and also because fundamentally what we do is make things happen we influence and persuade and we make things happen and we will continue to do that and an industry which is is completely focused on changing people's minds influencing persuading people to do things it's not good that that can never be done by a computer or a piece of software or social media yeah, yeah. It might, you know it might they might help their tools to be used sure. as such and and I you know I quite enjoy social media I quite enjoy uh, LinkedIn Twitter uh, Facebook Instagram uh, I don't go quite to the uh, the other stuff that my kids do, but you know, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued by this ability to talk to an audience all over the world. You know, instantly, it's it's, it's an incredible thing. But it doesn't change from the fact that in recruitment consultancy, there's this consultative uh, value-added service that we give to our clients and our candidates yeah. 
that, that can't be replaced by a computer. We can do lots of other things around it, and as we should, and that's why I'm looking at software uh, to do just that. Sure. But let's not detract from the fact that we add value. Tony, um, thank you for that. And uh, it leads me on to my next question. If you were looking into your crystal ball um, and trying to predict how the recruitment industry is going to develop so over the next five years, how do you think that's going to happen? Um, I think that there is going to be a consolidation. At the moment, there is a lot of recruitment companies of medium size. And when I say medium size, I mean between uh, three quarters of a million and say four million EBITDA. Right. I see a consolidation within the industry of those really well run, really well managed recruitment companies into larger entities through the roll up programs of some of the larger companies, through through some of the things that I'm doing sure. actually, my, my buy and build strategy that I'm pursuing and also other foreign investors in the recruitment space coming into the market, buying up other companies. Yeah. I'm quite excited by that. So what I'm doing, I'm putting together uh, a multi-brand strategy. Uh, the you know S3 have done this sure. before, so it shows that it worked. Yeah. But I'm, instead of doing it organically like they did, I'm going to do it uh, on a buy and build basis uh, in Europe, and then build something which is cross-discipline. In other words, RPO, contracts and temps, perm, but within many different specialist niches and bring that together for potential transaction in the next three to five years. And I think there'll be other people doing similar things in Europe in the next three to five years. And, you know, as always, Roy, you know, I want to be at the forefront of those developments. Of course you do. You know, I... As an entrepreneur in, in, in this great industry of ours, I want to make sure that um, I'm ahead of, of the game, or at least up with some of the even younger entrepreneurs who are great. You know, the the, the likes of um, Knight Frank, what they've done. Yeah. Sorry, N- Nigel Frank, what they've done. What what Oliver James have done. Yeah. Eurostaff have done. Earthstream, uh, and many many others. You know, sure. this is about. Uh, uh, 20-odd companies out there that are doing really, really well, run by people who actually are almost a generation younger than I am. Sure. And that's really exciting to see. You know, I don't feel threatened by that. I feel excited and exhilarated by that. It, it kind of spurs you on to greater things, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. Tony, listen, thank you so much for that. Some brilliant, brilliant takeaways. Um, I'm keen to get you into the lightning round now, Tony. Are okay. you ready? <laughs> lightning round Tony what's the number one thing that you've seen holding recruiters back from becoming more successful it's not relying on the fundamental instinct to get things done okay influence and persuade and relying too much on technology so it's uh, explain that just go into a bit more detail for that with, with that one so Tony. so, so Uh, It's the old analysis paralysis scenario. And with the number of ways to communicate these days through social media, people 
don't pick up the phone enough yeah. and they don't either meet people enough and talk directly enough to people like we're doing. I mean, the, the Skype, it's fantastic. Amazing. You know, FaceTime, Skype, whatever it is, but talk to people. Yeah. Don't look at their CV for two hours. Don't research the company for four days before you do anything. Get on with it and do it and talk to people because ultimately people want, that's what they want us to do. So I think what's holding people back is the fear that they might be seen as foolish or the fear that they might not have done enough research because everything's on social media. It doesn't matter that everything's available. You know, if anything now, there is so much information available that, that is, it is overkill. It's and information it's overload. Down. You can get bogged down in that. And, and, and instead of getting bogged down in that, instead of this analysis paralysis, talk to people. Great advice, Tony. Thank you. And listen, on that advice, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, it came from Graham Palfrey Smith, actually. After uh, I was running the, the Bristol office for him and, and gave him some reports about uh, how well we were doing in a very difficult, challenging marketplace of the recession in 1991. Sure. And after speaking to him on the phone for about 20 minutes, he just said to me, Tony, how many interviews have you got? <laughs> And I didn't have a lot at the time, I have, be, I have to be honest, right? and neither did the team. Right. And I just thought that cut straight to the quick. It's the fundamental that Each business, each profession has its KPIs. Yeah. And there are normally one, two or three which are absolutely paramount. And, and for me, that is it. The number of face-to-face interviews that you've managed to arrange between your candidates and your clients because that is the ultimate acid test of whether or not you're good in this business. 100% Stay right. Yeah, 100% right. It was right. in 1991 where we now 24 years ago, and I'm still talking about it. <laughs> Do you know what? It's great advice from Graham and great advice from you. I think it's about knowing our metrics, isn't it? Whatever that metric is, but I think interviews on a board, um, in, in any recruitment business I've looked at, uh, it, it's the one that counts, you know, it's the one that counts. It's the king of KPIs, as I like to call the it. king of KPIs, I love that, Tony. Um, so look, what, tell us about something, I don't know, an app, an hack, or a bit of software or kit that you use in your business or you use personally that works for you brilliantly right now. Well, I think um, in terms of getting the message out about Antal, it, it's, it's, the, it's the usual suspects, it's the Twitters, the LinkedIn, um, the Viadios, the Zings, um, communicating that message about what we are about. And, and I just think it's fantastic you can do that in, in all these different countries instantaneously. So, so we, do, we do spend a, a fair proportion of the, our marketing time on getting that message across. You know, we have the Antal Global Snapshot, which is our uh, quarterly salary survey and employment conditions survey uh, of around the world. And I do a blog. So I've just just done one for uh, Recruiter Magazine on um, startups, actually, and starting my own business. I communicate to the industry regularly on that, and I repeat that on on the social media. I've got another one coming out next month with um, Global Recruiter on selling your business internationally. Obviously, and I've done that now. I've done four transactions. Yeah. So, so you know, I've got the, the kind of credibility and substance behind 
otherwise being just an advisor. You know, you often see people writing blogs. You know, everyone's a blog writer these days. Yeah. And everybody is is free with their advice. But the only advice that I'm really interested in hearing about is from people that have actually done it. Yeah. You know, um, otherwise you, you can just say, well, it's yes, great. you've read that somewhere, but have you done it? Have you sat in that deal room and done that deal? Have you made those decisions for yourself? That's the difference. Yeah. And the difference for me and why I've, the longevity that I've had in this, this, this great industry is that, and I'm still doing it. You know, and the challenge, you know, I, I, I put the business into hands of people that, that didn't manage as well as it could be, could have been managed. And I've had to, I've had to come in and correct some of those things. I'm doing it today, Roy. Sure. You know, I'm living, breathing, working, working it. I'm not sitting uh, back in a, in an ivory tower pontificating about what I did 10 years ago. Yeah. Or what I did 15 years ago. I'm doing it today. You're back at the coal face, and it's it's good to see you there. It's good to see you there, Tony. What's the best business book that you've read in the last six months? Um, I have I've, the, the the best book I've read in the last six months is actually about India. Uh, it wasn't a business book, but it was called uh, Behind the Beautiful Forever Forevers by Catherine Boo. Okay. And it tried it tried to explain uh, through narrative through through stories of people living in the slums the juxtaposition between the wealth that's being created in India right now and the poverty that lives alongside it and it's an absolutely brilliant book and they've just turned it into a play on the national I think wow. with uh, Mira Sayal uh, in the lead role right so so I do recommend that as a book and. Um, uh, Business-wise, I've, I've read I've read very many very many books, but obviously I would plug my own book, wouldn't I? How they blew it with you know, Jamie Oliver. Uh, so if anybody's going to read a book on on success, read about how people fail. Yeah. You know, and people say to me, "Why did you write a book about failure? Isn't that a bit morbid?" I said, "It's not about failure. If you think about it, we learn more from our failures than we do our successes. Anybody can run a business." Anybody can run a business sure. in successful time. You know, a rising tide floats many boats. And the point is that until you've been challenged and until you see what goes wrong for people, you don't really know what, how you're going to react, how you're going to respond until you're in that situation. And I've been in that situation. And my claim to fame is, Roy, I've made more mistakes than most people I know. <laughs> And, and you know that's it, it's I'm not being overly self-deprecating or, or, or modest. It's actually true. Tony, and I yeah, mistakes, you know, and, and that that is part of entrepreneurialism. It's that um, someone once said, you know, they they were telling me this story. They were saying to me that if you think back, I know you've got kids, I've got kids. A lot of our, our viewers and listeners will have children, and they'll they'll appreciate this. Our children don't learn to walk as babies by just jumping up and just starting to walk. It's like they learn from the falling down. And uh, if any of us have got kids, it's the number of times they fall down, they pick themselves up, and, and eventually they get it, right? But it is, it's that falling down process and how you deal with that that shapes the brain, that shapes the, you know, the kind of the nerve endings or whatever firing off that gets them to go up and, and, and do it again. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's very true. But there's two, two points I'd like to make on that. Sure. Firstly, when people, I think there's a misunderstanding when people say, don't take no for an answer. Yeah. My response to that is, 
do take no, no for an answer, answer and ask why and then do it differently. It's great advice. Um, and then uh, the other point about um, keep coming back is that, you know, if, if you keep coming back to people with stuff they don't want, yeah. then you're going to continue to fail. Too right. You modify, you have to change uh, what you're doing really true and, and learn from um, from those no's right it's like shape your solution based on what you're hearing and and, uh, and respond to that great yeah, and it, it's interesting as well because luke johnson writes about this a lot you know the uh, uh ex-columnists in the ft and now the sunday times sure. business section and he says that as we get older we become more risk averse yes and this is true it's very true because it's almost like the more you know, the more you don't un understand yeah. and the questions that you've got. But in fact, we should become more risk-friendly yeah. because we do know more and because we've got greater experience. And you know, I, for one, want to, want to get out there in the recruitment industry and tell people to carry on uh, taking risks in a, in a measured way, you know, sure. not, in a, not in a, a uh, cavalier uh, profligate way yes. because you, know, you are talking about people's livelihoods you are talking about you know uh, a, a difficult thing to do sure but carry on doing what you're good at and taking risks because it's necessary to develop involved society you know wealth creation wealth creation through entrepreneurialism is one of the most important things that we can talk about in the 21st century sure. Uh, and, and I don't want to go into politics now, but David Cameron, I know, has a, a, a policy of if we can get the economy right and we can start paying for everything else, everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm. And that's the fundamental of, of entrepreneurialism and wealth creation. You know, if we can get it right, then we can change society. And we have to create wealth. And entrepreneurs must be allowed to carry on uh, and not be overtaxed and not be over penalized for doing what the country and the world needs, needs. which is first wealth creation. Brilliant, Tony. Listen, my final question to you, and it's kind of rounds everything up that you've just spoken about. Um, given all of your knowledge and experience, if you woke up tomorrow morning and your business wasn't there and you had to start again from scratch, what are the steps that you take? What would you do? immediately look around for a service or a product that needed to be developed. So I wouldn't spend my time, Roy, tell you what I wouldn't do, looking yeah. or waiting for a unique idea. Right. Because they don't exist. Right. If they do, they're as, 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 as rare as rocking horse poo. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they really don't. And look at all good businesses, whether it's Starbucks, Costa Coffee, Ryanair, EasyJet, Facebook. You know, all of these were were modifications of businesses that already existed. Existing Even businesses. X Factor. Yeah. You know, I'm old enough to remember Opportunity Knocks with Huey Green. Now I'm giving away my age. <laughs> Me and, and, you. Know, and, and you know, Simon Cowell has done a fantastic job yeah. evolving that into the X Factor. But it's not new. No. Uh, and and so. Don't look for something new. I wouldn't waste my time looking for something unique. I would look at what is going on around me, look at good ideas that can be improved, yeah. and I would get straight into doing that. 
you know, I've been very grateful about the, the recruitment industry. It's treated me well. I've enjoyed it. It's great people business. And I've been all over the world, all over the world, Roy, yeah. doing what I do. You know, it's like, apart from Australia, I, been, I haven't been to Australia yet, but I don't know why. Really? But <laughs> I, I will go there soon, I'm sure. And, and I will set up a business there. But, but basically, I've, I've, I've traveled all the continents of the world in building my business and I feel incredibly grateful yeah. and, and honoured and privileged to be able to do that in, in the last 20 odd years and, and I want to carry on doing it actually for another 20. Good and long may that continue Tony um, and, and beyond you know I'd say beyond the 20. Um, Tony we're going to come to an end soon but before we say goodbye is there a final piece of advice uh, that you could give our viewers and listeners and then and then also let how would somebody get in touch with you after this show okay well my uh, my email address is t t goodwin at antal.com all lowercase no falls top no full stops uh, my twitter handle is at tony goodwin and send me an invitation on linkedin and i'll i'll link up with with you as long as you're not trying to sell me uh, a loan for 23 million from Nigeria um, so so you know all totally social media oriented um, please do contact me I'm always interested you know I'm a bit of a business geek a, a bit of a uh, entrepreneurial nerd and, and I love talking to people about business and about business ideas and I would I do invest in business ideas outside of recruitment I, I try and the majority of my investments are recruitment related but I do look at things outside of recruitment as well sure. but you know as I said earlier Roy we, we have the, the, the franchise uh, model we have the joint venture model we're doing acquisitions in the UK and we've got the company owned where we're, we're hiring all across Europe at the moment cool. so so there are as I always say to people there are more opportunities at Antal International than there are good people <laughs> so so keep talk, come and talk to us. You know, come and talk to us. Don't be afraid uh, to to email or, or contact us. And you know, my phone number, of course. The old, the oldest of of, of the most important part of, of this technology. You know, the most important part of the smartphone. The power, most powerful part of the smart smartphone is the telephone. Brilliant. And my number is o double seven eight five seven three zero two five nine. Call me. Fantastic, Tony. Thank you for that. Is there a final piece of advice, parting advice from Tony Goodwin? Um, come and join us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, Tony, listen, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much for joining us My today. Pleasure. And um, And also just wanted to say to all of the viewers as well, you've been listening to Tony Goodwin. CEO, Chairman, Founder at Antal International. And below this, and you'll find all of the ways that you can get in touch with, uh, with Tony after the show. To receive this and other episodes of Recruiters Live Lounge, please make sure that you subscribe. It'll get delivered straight to your inbox. Thank you very much for joining us today. Cheerio. Bye-bye. listening to Recruiters Live Lounge with Roy Ripper. Join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader. What would it feel like to get all of your back office administration done under one roof? 
EasyPay provide funding, payroll and back office services to support your recruitment business. EasyPay want to offer one month's free fees to any new customers who come through Recruiters Live Lounge. Just go to easypayservices.co.uk forward slash rec live lounge.